Ducks fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. All right, welcome back to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones, and, and we have a much uh, better show this week, Eddie. Uh, last show, the Ducks were down 2-0. The Ducks have come back and won the last three in a row. They now lead the series 3-2, to Eddie, and uh, fans got to be very happy with the way the Ducks have played these last three games. Yeah, and not only have they won the, the last few games, they've blown them out you know, every time, and they've just completely flipped the script on the play i mean we were talking about everything that they had to do to get back into it they had to you know deal with the pressure that nashville was putting on them they had to get their their four check back you know they had to do all these things and it seemed like it was going to be too much of them to to all just do and and have ready for game three and they come out and and they shut them out in game three you know they they went four one in game four and five two in in game five so i I mean we couldn't have asked for anything better and it's been a, a complete you know 180 yeah, exactly, and and we'll get to the uh, the three games here, cover them and talk about them briefly, and then we've got a lot of fan questions as well we'll get to, and we'll talk about the league as well. There's uh, some action going on, obviously, all over the country, and uh, some interesting series. Some have been finished, some have been extended, and we'll kind of give some updates on those as well. Let's get to the first game uh, of this week since we talked on the last podcast, Game 3. The Ducks went into Nashville down 0-2. As we expected, Frederick Anderson went in net, and the Ducks took it to Nashville in this game, Eddie. Uh, McGinn got the first goal halfway through the first period. You had Raquel and Stewart add goals in the second period. And, of course, Anderson was you know lights out with the shutout, um, blocking all 27 shots he faced. And the Ducks got back in this series with the 3-0 win. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Horkaff comes in and makes an immediate uh, impact getting the uh... Uh, creating the turnover and uh, making a good pass to Jerry McGinn, who who slots in his first of the postseason, and you know Raquel getting on the board with a, a really good tip, and then 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 Stewart getting his first as well, and I think it was just a a great night. You know, Freddie comes in and, and does more than I mean we could have hoped for. He gets a shutout in his first game, plays amazing, and there's a depth scoring from all over the lineup. I, I think the the fourth line grabs two goals in this one, and, and Raquel grabs the other one. So I mean. Just a just a great effort and a great rebound to to get back in the series and you know we knew playing in in British Arena was going to be hard but uh, I mean they got they took the crowd out of it early. That was a key too. We talked about in the game previews is for the Ducks to score first and take the crowd out of it and they did in the first period. They took the crowd out of it. The crowd got loud again in the second period, but then Raquel was able to silence the crowd with a goal there. With I mean just a beautiful move redirecting that puck past Pecorine. Uh, that was just a great highlight reel and, uh, you know, helped the Ducks go on to win, um, especially when they took that 3 nothing lead uh, later on in the period on Stewart's goal as well. Some of the things that I noticed in this game, Eddie, that the Ducks did well was turnovers was the big thing. Remember, we talked about games one and two. The Ducks averaged over 20 turnovers in those first two games. In this game, they only had 12, which definitely helped, and Nashville had 24 in this game. So that was a huge difference. The uh, penalty kill as well, Eddie. The Nashville Predators had five power plays. The Ducks stopped them all five times. And I really think that's two of the big keys in this game has been the turnovers, you know, puck control and passing, and then the uh, specialty team plays. Yeah, and, you know, the the reason the Ducks turned over the puck so many times in the first two games is is they couldn't deal with the the pressure that Nashville was putting on them. 
and you saw in this game they 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 seem to just figure it out and obviously that that you know the result of them having less turnovers in this game they're able to establish their forecheck too which which created more turnovers in their favor so i you know, I think that's the the game they've played all season. We talked about it last podcast. Is is that was something they'd have to get back to, um, and, and you know they finally did it in this game, and, and you know obviously they came out on the winning end. I think one other thing to mention too in this game, and you know for the rest of the series, games four and five as well, the Ducks really emphasized playing between the whistles and not retaliating. You know, you remember game two, the Ducks got frustrated. They went after the Nashville players. They took some penalties that they shouldn't have, and I think the Ducks in this game really figured that out Eddie they they stopped trying to engage in anything after the whistle they skated away uh you know Nashville still had more power plays you know you can say what you want about that but it's in terms of taking unnecessary penalties and, and getting off their game the Ducks didn't do that they they played their game when the play's over that's it they skated away played very disciplined in this game and and as we'll talk about in the next two games as well Eddie yeah and really the penalties they took in this game that you know they were no doubt penalties. I, I mean, David Perron took a couple penalties right after the Ducks got a power play, and those were, you know, so the high sticking one was a little bit borderline. But he does get a stick in his face. He does trip him. You know, Fowler does flip the puck out, out of play over the glass without hitting the without hitting the glass, and and Garber does trip Philip Forsberg. I mean, there's there's no debating these calls. Um, it, it wasn't like the last game where the Ducks were getting no power, uh, power plays either. It's just they're kind of hurting themselves <laughs> and, and taking penalties right after the, uh, they they had gotten a power play, but. Yeah, like you said, I mean, they're avoiding all this play after the whistle. You can see in the first few games, they're you know, trying to get under their skin. It wasn't really working. They were taking down penalties after the whistle, uh, you know, a couple sticks in goalies' faces. It, it was getting kind of dirty in the first few games, and, you know, they've completely eliminated that from their game, and, you know, it's, it's benefited them. Yeah, and the Ducks took that play into game four. Uh, Frederick Anderson started again. And this game was very similar to Game 3, Eddie. The Ducks, this time, they got the goal, you know, just a minute and two seconds in. Uh, Prawn with a shot on net. Uh, the puck sits under Rene's pad. Getzloff pounces on it, able to push it in. The Ducks get that lead early. And uh, they look pretty good in the first period. You know, they, <clears throat> they finished the period one nothing. Uh, to Nashville's credit, they came out and played uh, stronger in the, in the second period. You know, they had a good... Uh, five six minutes there where they were really pushing hard and, and mike fisher ended up tying the game uh and making it one to one but after that the ducks rebounded you know three straight goals thompson mcginn and cogliano and the ducks really took control other than that probably uh, that narrow window in the second period yeah and you know that's how you take the crowd out of it really you get a goal in the first minute and we talked about that before too and you know the, the commentators on, on both networks talked about it too is, is you gotta if you're the road team you gotta take the home team out out of it you know right in the beginning of the game and especially in a, in an arena like bridgestone and, and you know the fans are are majority 99 percent nashville fans uh so you you, you gotta take it out of them and, and gets left you know drives to that renee's been giving up rebounds all series we talked about that and he leaves one out in front and gets off to make some pay. And, you know, the, the, they played a really strong first period. And, and, you know, they kind of tailed off in the second period. We've seen flashes of, of last year where they were just awful in the second period. And then it's kind of been a mixed bag this season. Some period, second periods are good, some are bad. And, you know, the beginning part of this one, uh, Nashville came out, you know, angry. Um, and, you know, the, the Ducks have a kind of a defensive lapse. Uh, Fisher gets into the slot, gets a one-timer past him. But... You know the Ducks rebound and, and they scored two goals in the last part of the second period and and honestly that that Jamie McGinn one was so important because you know you're up two one 
that's okay, and we're happy with that. But going up 3-1 in the third period, I think, was huge for their, their confidence. Yeah, I agree. And I think the biggest thing we talked about also in the first two games that the Ducks weren't doing, they started doing in, in these games, was going towards the net, Eddie. Uh, you look at all four of the Ducks' goals, they're all a result of somebody going to the net or being in front of the net or making some kind of a play around the net. You know, uh, Getzloff goes to the net on the Perron shot in the first goal. Uh, Thompson's in front. He outweights uh, Rene and makes a nice move as he skates around him. Uh, McGinn's play was a beautiful play, too. He hits the puck out of midair. It actually redirects off Rene's pad and then just inside the post. And then, of course, uh, Cogliano at the end. He's in the slot there and gets basically you know the nail in the coffin, so to speak, uh, making it 4-1. to one. So when the Ducks get in front of the net like that and they go uh, and crash it, it's tough for any goalie to really, uh, you know, stop all these shots. I mean, the Ducks have a balanced attack, and and that's what's uh, proven to be a big difference in these last two games. Yeah, and something that pretty much everybody has pointed out, and we've mentioned multiple times, is Rene's leaving a lot of rebounds out there. And, you know, everybody's starting to see it, and the Ducks are finally starting to capitalize on it, and they really did that in, in this game. Obviously, Getzlaff goal is a result of a, a rebound that Rene leaves out there. Uh, you know, uh, McGinn's goal as well is a rebound that comes off, and he bats out of midair, and, and Cogliano's crashing into net off a rebound too. And, and that's something that you got to take advantage of. When a, you know, a big goalie like this is leaving so many rebounds out there, you, you got to take advantage of it. Yeah, and, you know, not to sound like a broken record, but again, the uh, the penalty kill was uh, perfect again. You know, Nashville had uh, was technically six power plays, even though one was really short. But they had six overall, and the, and the Ducks uh, killed all those off. Uh, on the uh, turnover front, the Ducks only had six turnovers in this game, where Nashville had 15, which is outstanding. I mean, if you can limit your turnovers to less than double digits, then you're doing something extremely well in this game. And another big thing I liked too, Eddie, was the block shots. Uh, the Ducks blocked 25 shots in this game, which is, you know, it's just huge. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Anderson <clears throat> is able to block as many shots have been coming his way. You know, in these last two games here, three and four, he only gave up one goal. But when you're getting that kind of defensive support, you're getting guys that are sacrificing their body, getting in those shooting lanes and getting in front of Anderson and making those kind of blocks. It just makes life difficult. And you could see uh, Nashville got frustrated as a result. Yeah, and it's something the Ducks had to deal with in the first few games too, and and, and you know blocking uh, key shots at key times in, in the game. And now we're starting to see, and the Ducks have done it all season. Kessler's been one of the best forwards at that, and you know he sacrifices uh, sacrificed his body a lot of times in this game. And you know everybody's buying into it. And you know obviously with with the equipment nowadays, is pretty much everybody uh, on your team becomes a shot blocker. Um, and the Ducks are taking advantage of that, and, and it's really paying off. And, and obviously, keeping Freddie, uh, you know, he feels a little bit safer. He did end up having to still stop uh, 31 shots in this, but when you block so many shots, it, it makes life easier for the goaltender for sure. Yeah, and the Ducks basically took the two from Nashville, tied the series, got back in it. <clears throat> the games shift back to uh, Anaheim, obviously, yesterday, uh, and the Ducks go in pivotal game five. Uh, Frederick Anderson. Goes in net again for this one, Eddie. Uh, thank God, no two-game goalie rotation. I, I, you know, you and I talked about this before. We were not fans of this, uh, at least in the playoffs. We said during the regular season, it's fine, but you got to go with the guy that's winning you the games, and Anderson's the guy. So they go with Anderson uh, the third time in a row in this game. Uh, this one was a little bit of a different game. Uh, in the beginning, Nashville and the Ducks both fought it out in the first period and, and really halfway through the second period. And it was a pretty even game, Eddie. It seemed, it, you know, some, somebody was going to try and take control of this game. You couldn't really tell who it was going to be yet. 
Uh, both teams had chances. Rene made some great saves. Anderson made some great saves. Uh, Nashville ends up getting on the board first, but the Ducks responded, I mean, right away. You had Perron get that crazy bounce, um, and it goes off of a skate and in and over Rene uh, 22 seconds after Nashville had scored. And then uh, Garbutt gets a power move uh, at the side of the net and just jams it in. And all of a sudden, you know, the Ducks were down one nothing. Now they're up 2-1 to one at the end of the second. And uh, they go into the third and they uh, get more goals. And they end up, you know, winning 5-2. to two. I think, you know, a big moment was those two goals in the second period, Eddie. But also the goal by Votnin. He takes that penalty in the third. And Nashville's pressuring. They're, you know, they're trying to tie the game, make it 2-1. to one, And Silverberg finds him right out of the box on the breakaway. And I just felt that was another huge momentum play in this game and, and really carried the Ducks to this win. Yeah, and obviously with Nashville scoring first, I, I think you know a huge point in this game is being able to respond you know, right after it. I mean, David Brock gets a really lucky bounce in front of the net, and it loops over Rene's head, and you know that's that's pretty hard to do when you've got such a big guy in net. But just being able to reply so quick after that goal I think was huge for them. And then obviously Garbett getting uh, another goal less than two minutes later is kind of similar to the last game with McGinn getting that, that goal right at the end of the period to make it 3-1. Um, and then, like you said, yeah, you know, kind of killing the momentum after the Nashville has a power play. They were building up some momentum, getting their play going, and then you just shut it down with uh, Votnin getting a goal right out of the box. And I think obviously that was huge, and uh, being able to the power play finally to to come through late in the game to to put the insurance marker up was big as well. Yeah, the Ducks really took over, you know, at the end of the third. There, uh, Fowler on the power play, Kessler on the empty netter, and they, you know, pulled away at the end there. But the Ducks did what they had to again in this game, and uh, a big key in this one was the face-offs, Eddie. The Ducks, you know, they won 40 face-offs, and Nashville uh, only won 26. So that was a huge factor again. And uh, also the turnovers again. Uh, the Ducks uh, had 15 turnovers, uh, Nashville had 20. So the Ducks turned it over a little bit more this game, but still uh, came up big. Uh, and they managed to score on the power play uh, finally, too. Uh, both teams have really struggled on the power play in this series. And uh, the Ducks uh, had seven chances in this game. They finally got one, Eddie. Yeah, and, and it's really it's because there's not a lot of room. I mean, both teams established that from, from the beginning, uh, from game one. is There's not going to be a lot of room. You're not going to have a lot of room to make any plays. And I think with the, the game being a little bit later and having that power play at the end, uh, guys were a little bit tired. Uh, Fowler had a lot more room to move on the blue line, and, and he just took a slap shot. And, and really, when when the game is this tight like this, and, and you know they're going to put pressure on you on, on the penalty kill, just going to have to shoot the puck. And you heard a lot of players echo that sentiment: is is when we're on the power play, we just have to shoot. Uh, I mean, you're not going to be able to make the perfect pass every time, especially when they're up at the blue line pressuring you. And and that's what Fowler does, and he ends up squeaking one through, and, and he gets a key goal in this game. Yeah, and this game is huge. I mean, you know, Game 5, uh, we're kind of in the same position now that the Ducks were against the Kings a couple years ago. If you remember, the Ducks went down two games to none and then went up 3-2 on the Kings, and then obviously we all know what happened. But the Ducks are in the same position, and, you know, Game 6 is going to be huge. Uh, we've got a lot of questions about that and the goalies and whatnot. We're going to get to those in one second. I just want to mention our sponsor real quick. Uh, it's going to be Sons of Hockey again. Uh, my buddy Josh, he uh, does hockey shirts and, and all teams uh, on his website at sonsofhockey.com. You can also check him out on Twitter. At His uh, Twitter handle is also uh, Sons of Hockey. So check him out. He's a good dude. Uh, he supports us, and we support him as well. So check out his shirts. Um, now getting to you know game six, back to the Ducks, and <clears throat> what's going to happen here. Um, a lot of fans are concerned about the Ducks playing in game six, Eddie. 
and then going on you know, to the next series or if they're going to have to go to Game 7. We had Cameron and Michael ask if the Ducks need to win Game 6 to avoid a Game 7. Uh, what's your thoughts on that, uh, you know, that, given the past uh, three playoff um, experiences the Ducks have had? You know, I, obviously you would like to win it in six games, get out a little bit <laughs> earlier. Um, you know, San Jose got out in five. They're going to have a little bit more rest if you want to look at it that way. But, uh, I mean, it, it's just key for momentum, too. I mean, you've just won the last three games in a row. You're down 2-0. Uh, you know, if you lose this game, you're, you're coming into game seven after a loss, and, and these guys might have a little bit more motivation. Um, you, know, you do have the advantage of home ice, but it, it's tough to say. I mean, obviously winning game six would be a lot better than going to game seven, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's a must win, but, I mean, it's a very important win. I, I think the Ducks have been rolling these last three games, and obviously with Anderson and Nett, and, uh, you know, it's not official yet, but we're pretty sure he's going to start game six. Um, they, they need to just keep going. I, I think they've played so well in these last three games, turning, you know, the, their play around. They're hitting more. They're not uh, taking unnecessary penalties. They're, you know, handling the puck better. Um, they're doing everything right, uh, probably minus the power play. That's the only only questionable area, I would say, that they've had this series. But other than that, they've been doing great. And, yeah, you want to finish this game in game six. You want to close it out. These closeout games are important. You want to, you know, finish off the team. So is it a must win? No, but you really want them to win this game and not go into game seven uh, with San Jose sitting over there you know, getting rested and waiting to see who's going to play. So uh, it's, you know, like we said, it's not a must win, but pretty close to it. Um, some of the other questions, a lot of questions about the uh, goalie situation, uh, as expected. Um, we had people ask, uh, Darren and Tyler ask about Anderson and whether or not, you know, he should play the rest of the way and if Gibson should be on the bench. Um, what are your thoughts on that, uh, Eddie, as the Ducks go into this game six and hopefully, uh, you know, the next round? Well, I think you have to play Freddie for, for the remainder of the playoffs, no matter what happens. Uh, I mean, barring him getting hurt or maybe getting pulled two games in a row and if he, they move on to a different series, uh, you have to. There, there's no question about it. You have to play him now. And you can't think about... You know what's going to happen in the off season, what's going to happen in the future. I mean, if you think, even if the the management thinks Gibson is the goalie of the future, and they're set on getting rid of Freddie in the off season, I think you still have to play him. I mean, right now he's giving you the best shot at winning. I mean, he's been uh, uh, close to perfect since coming back and playing these last three games for the Ducks. I mean, he has a a goal a goal against average of one and a save percentage of uh, 0.966. So I mean, that that is top right now i mean that is just top quality from him so you have to play him no matter what you have to play him um like i said barring a, a fact where you move into say, a second round series against san jose or you go into a western conference final um something goes wrong he plays really bad for two or three games then maybe you go back to gibson but you no know, as of right now you have to play him yeah i agree if you look in these last three games he's faced 87 shots on goal and he stopped 84 of the 87 shots i mean you can't really ask that much more of a goaltender. I mean, he's near perfect in stopping, uh, you know, everything coming his way. And if we go back, you know, we've talked about since he got on a roll back in January, uh, January 13th and on, in 25 appearances, his record is 21 and 2. I mean, you can't ask for much better than that as well. I mean, that's tops in the league. Uh, you know, winning 20 games and 25 appearances is outstanding you know combined that that counts the playoffs as well since january 13th so you have to go with anderson 
the Ducks would be, you know, silly not to to ride him as much as they can. He he's in the zone, you know. He's I mean he's just playing outstanding. Um, so there's no question in our minds that Anderson is the guy that you're going to go with unless he has a really bad game for some reason, like you said, Eddie, and maybe Gibson comes in you know, for relief and then you go from there. But even then, I, I don't see that happening. But if it does, you know, we'll you know, bridge that gap when it happens. But I really think uh, he'll still bounce back even if you put him back in after you know, maybe a, a poor start in one game or something, Eddie. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean – if he has a poor start in one game, you would probably see him come back in. I, I, I mean, right now, you've heard Boudreau say it, and pretty much everybody agrees that is he deserves to be in the net right now. Um, I think he gets one game. You know, obviously, if he has a bad game, I think he deserves that with the way he's played. Um, yeah, the, the only situation again, you know, echoing the same thing is if he has two bad games in a row, maybe three. Get down three zero or something in a series, and maybe you switch it up and put Gibson back in. But like like you said too, I I don't really see that happening right now with the way he's playing. You know, and another question along the lines too of Anderson is, and it's a little early to talk about this, but you know, some people have asking about the summertime and what the Ducks are going to do, and I think it's going to be interesting, Eddie, if if Anderson. Uh, continues on the path that he's on now. And uh, again, hopefully, you don't want to be overconfident, but hopefully the Ducks go far in these playoffs. Uh, it's going to make life difficult, I think, for the Ducks management, you know, and, and saying that they're not going to try to keep Anderson in the summertime. I mean, <clears throat> I know with the cap and the money and all that stuff comes into play, obviously, and the Ducks usually have a cushion in the cap, but they may have to reconsider some things in the summertime, Eddie, uh, you know, depending on how this playoffs turn out for the Ducks. Yeah, and really, it's it's not so much the cap anymore as as the looming um, expansion draft as the main issue. Obviously, Gibson's locked up for three years. Uh, by the time the expansion draft comes around, uh, if it comes around as scheduled at the next draft, is you'll have to, he will have to be protected. He's not automatically protected, and if you keep him uh, and Freddie for long term. Well, you're going to lose one of those guys for nothing unless you decide to trade them before the trade deadline. And, and a lot of teams, you know, might not be looking for another goalie that they, they won't be able to protect. So, uh, I mean, realistically, if that's the case, right now is the best time to trade him. I mean, his value is never higher. If you if he takes you to a Stanley Cup final, it, it, it's going to be extremely hard to say, yeah, we're going to have to let you go. But if you believe Gibson in, in four years is going to be better than Freddie is right now, I mean, I think you have to you have to go with that, and, and you'll be able to get a ton for him. Even with him being an RFA, you'll be able to trade his rights. He'll be a Stanley Cup winning goalie, or, or he will finish the playoffs right now even pretty strong uh, effort there, showing that he can take you there. So, um, you know, it, it's a tough situation. Obviously, they'll look a little bit harder at it, and they probably already are right now, but uh, I think the main issue is, is the looming expansion draft makes it hard to, to really keep both of them. Yeah, I think that's the path that it's going to have to go down, unfortunately. I mean, you'd like to see the Ducks keep both, but as you said, you know, the expansion draft, which that's what the Ducks had back with Florida back in 93, um, you know, it's going to be interesting. Uh, if you don't know what happens is usually teams are, are allowed to protect a certain amount of players, um, a certain number of forwards, defensemen, and usually a goalie, and, and they can't protect everybody. Uh, you know, it's just trying to give these newer teams a shot at being able to build up a team and and not come you know from scratch with a you know a bunch of third fourth line type players and backup goalies and whatnot so that's why they have that draft um, you know that's a whole other topic if you want to argue if that's fair or not but that's that's the system in place so 
Yeah, I mean, we'll have to you know wait and see when summertime comes, but yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. So we'll just have to ride out the playoffs and see how the Ducks do, and then see what management decides. And uh, that kind of brings us to our, our, our last question. We had uh, Katrina asks about uh, the Ducks being mentally ready to to face the San Jose team. I mean, obviously, you know, we got to beat Nashville first, Eddie. But uh, I've watched most of these games with San Jose and the Kings, and <clears throat> I have to tell you. San Jose is no joke. Uh, their power play is ridiculous. It's like they're almost scoring at will. Uh, granted, the Kings, you know, back in defense hasn't been as good as it was the last couple seasons. But you know, if the Ducks hopefully uh, take out Nashville and then play uh, San Jose, you know, we'll have a preview on that and everything as well. But that that's a series I could see going seven games if that's what's going to happen, Eddie. Yeah, and they're they're a, they're an extremely tough team, and that's putting it lightly. I mean, they came within an overtime goal of, of sweeping the LA Kings, and I mean, a lot of people, including me, picked the LA Kings to to beat San Jose, and, and I mean, they came out in an elimination game where where LA has been you know close to perfect in, in the last five years in elimination games and just thumped them six to three. I mean, they they stumbled; they were up three nothing, and LA came back to tie it, but. You know, they were able to finally close it out in something, you know, I mean, I'm sure all of us have made fun of them over the last few years for choking in the playoffs. But, uh, I mean, they came through, and, and their big player, Sean, in this series, I mean, Brent Burns was out, outstanding. You know, Joe Thorne, Joe Pavelski. Uh, I mean, the, their big guys are shining at the right moment right now, and they're playing some incredible hockey. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if the Ducks beat Nashville, they'll be they'll be mentally prepared for San Jose. I mean, obviously the Ducks played them well in the regular season, which, I mean, that doesn't always translate into winning in the playoffs as well. But the Ducks faced adversity in the regular season. Uh, they faced adversity here against Nashville early on and turned it around. I, I think that's a huge bonus for the Ducks, not that we wanted them to go down 2-0. But, you know, they lost those first two games. They didn't play their best. They lost both by a goal, and, and we knew they could play better, and they came out and played better and won these last three. So I think uh, the big key, and we, we talked about it earlier in the show, Eddie, is the Ducks win game six and knock out Nashville and win four in a row. Uh, if they do that, then that's going to be huge momentum for them, and I think will really carry them going into a, a series with San Jose. Oh, yeah, for sure. You you obviously want to be able to win that game six and be riding that four-game winning streak into a new series against a team who, uh, I mean, just like I said, had an outstanding series and, and, and just beat one of their rivals you know, pretty easily in five games, and they're going to have a lot more rest. And it's going to be a, a tough game. I mean, they play a, a lot different style uh, compared to Nashville. They're a more open-ice team and a lot quicker as well. So I, I think the Ducks are going to have to be ready for that and, and being able to ride in with momentum and having one less game played uh, on your resume, I think, is a, is a lot you know better for their chances to face San Jose. You know, and speaking of the playoffs, let's talk about some of the other teams as, as well here. Um, if we go stay in the Western Conference here, obviously we, we've talked about the Pacific here, but let's shift gears and kind of look at the Central here. you got some interesting stuff going on over there, Eddie. I mean, you had St. Louis, who was up three games to one against Chicago. Chicago's now won the last two and forced a game seven. Um, this is a series where, you know, some of us thought St. Louis would get over the hump and, and take out Chicago, especially after building that lead, but... Now with what's going on, them going to a game seven. I mean, I, I don't know. It looks like Chicago might be the one pulling out this series. Yeah, and, and really, I was one of the ones who were hoping that they would they would do it this year. I, I thought even before the playoffs started that they could do it. Thought Chicago missing Keith for game one was going to be big, and you know St. Louis ended up winning that game. And 
uh, with Crawford coming back from a, from injury, I didn't know if he was going to be 100%. And, and, you know, St. Louis built up that 3-1 lead, and you thought, hey, I mean, they could do this, but there's also the fact that this is the same Blues team that's choked in the last few seasons. <laughs> right. And, uh, the, I mean, with San Jose winning and, and going to a Game 7 right now, it's not looking too good for, for St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis might be the new San Jose when it comes to choking in the playoffs if they end up losing this one at home in Game 7. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I know a lot of people want St. Louis to win because, you know, everybody's tired of L.A. and Chicago out of the Western Conference. And, man, I you know, it's just going to have to see how this one plays out. It's going to be an exciting game uh, for sure. I watched uh, game six, uh, you know, after I got home from uh, from the Ducks game and saw parts of it and whatnot. And uh, I remember that game, too. Uh, St. Louis was up 3-1 to one in that game, and then they ended up getting blown out in game six. So... Uh, it's going to be a wild game seven for sure, and have to check that one out. Um, another series that, that's still going too, Eddie, is uh, Dallas and Minnesota. You know, Minnesota won the last one. Now Dallas leads three to two. Uh, kind of surprised a little bit, maybe. I don't, I don't know, but uh, you know, Dallas without Tyler Seguin um, has been winning, but they still got to try and close this one out too, Eddie. Yeah, and the thing with Dallas too is they remind me a lot of of the Washington Capitals. You know, uh, up to uh, you know a couple of seasons ago, before they had you know a better blue line that like they do now, and, and an all-star goalie and Braden Holpe. I mean, Dallas is is a, is almost the same team. They've got great goal scorers. They've got you know Tyler Sagan, who's a, who's a playmaker like Nick Backstrom was, and they've got Jamie Benn, who's going to put pucks in the back of that like Ovechkin. But their blue line is very thin. They've got Klingberg, who's very good offensively. They've got you know Goligoski, who's good offensively, and then it kind of tails down from there. And then you've got Lettinen and Niemi in that, and you know Niemi's been there and done that with Chicago. But I mean, he he Lettinen started the series. He ended up moving out of the net for Niemi, who hasn't done too great. He did good in the first game, did bad in the in the, the last game on the other day against Minnesota, and. You know, kudos to Minnesota for getting back in this. I, don't, I didn't have them even winning a game. So I, them coming back, you know, really shows the weaknesses in, in Dallas as a, as a team. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I still think Dallas is going to pull this one off. I really do. And I, I think Chicago will probably pull it off. And those are going to be your two teams to face in the Central. I mean, I kind of hope I'm wrong about Chicago. But, you know, you just you can't count Chicago out. Just like you couldn't count L.A. out until this last series. So, it's going to be fun watching the Central and see what unfolds in the next couple of days. Um, if you shift over to the Eastern Conference, we had a couple of series that were just completely dominated by certain teams and are already done. You had Tampa Bay knocked out Detroit in uh, five games, and then you had Pittsburgh who knocked out the Rangers. And, and man, they blew them out yesterday in their last game. Uh, so those two brackets are set, Eddie. Uh, were you surprised in either one of these with uh, maybe not necessarily Tampa Bay or Pittsburgh winning, but them winning both in five games? The, I'll start with the one I wasn't surprised about, and that was Pittsburgh destroying the Rangers. I, I wasn't surprised about that. I, I mean, I, I think I had Pittsburgh in four. Um, probably shouldn't have said four because I think the Rangers <laughs> are a little bit better team than that. But, I mean, the way Pittsburgh had been playing going into the playoffs without Malkin, Malkin comes back, he dominates. Crosby dominates. Horncliffe dominates. They don't have Marc-Andre Fleury, yet they, they're able to get a win out of Jeff Zatkoff, and then Matt Murray, their young rookie, comes in. And he dominates, and and they just destroy the Rangers. And Lundqvist looks—I mean, he said it was in a, in a quote that it was a feeling of embarrassment, and it was. I mean, they got routed in almost every game, so it, it was just a disappointing playoffs for the Rangers. But I mean, that that next series in Penguins versus either Capitals or Flyers is going to be probably the you know the marquee matchup of the second round. Um, and, and then for Tampa Bay and Detroit, I actually I thought. Detroit was going to win this series. Uh, I mean, they were you know mostly healthy. 
no Stamkos, no Strawman. Uh, I thought Tyler Jan- Johnson was going to be out, but he ended up playing. But even then, uh, I mean, they, they're losing you know, two key players. Callahan was hurt at the time as well. Um, but they just, I mean, they surprised me and I think a lot of people that they won it in five. I think a lot of people probably had them to beat them. But to win in five games without those those key players and your captain was huge for them. Yeah, I'll have to admit I was wrong on this one, Eddie. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I had picked Detroit. That was one of my upsets that I had gone with in the first round. And uh, obviously that didn't uh, work out so well for you and I. But, uh, yeah, I was surprised, too, with all the injuries at Tampa Bay. But they really got things done, and, and they took out Detroit. So kudos to them. And they're they're going to have to wait and see who they're going to face because you look at this other series, Eddie, uh, the Islanders are leading Florida you know, three games to two. This has kind of been the, the series that a lot of people haven't talked about as much because, you know, I think a lot of people maybe thought Florida was just going to dominate this series. But, uh, you know, the Islanders are giving them everything that they got. Yeah, and, and this might be, you know, with Florida just getting into the playoffs with, with the yacht, a, a lot of these guys being here the first time, especially with this team. I, I mean, Barkov, Ekblad, Huberto. I mean, this is a young group other than, you know, obviously the old guys in Luongo and Yager who've been there before. But even Luongo hasn't hasn't uh, won a Stanley Cup before either. So I, I think it, it's maybe the the Islanders have been here the last few years. They've been in the first round. They've 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 done it before. I think they're they're the more experienced team and it's showing in some of these games. And, you know, Florida still has the, the chance to pull it out. But I think a lot of people expected the Florida you know, to maybe not easily win this, but at least be leading at this point. And, you know, obviously the, the Islanders have shown that they've came to play. Yeah, I had Florida winning this series 4-2. to two. I, I, I didn't think it was going to be easy, but yeah, you know, like you said, the Islanders having some experience there. They've been there. Uh, you know, Florida not being in the playoffs, you know, as much in the last years um, definitely has been a factor in that series. So that's another fun one to keep your eye on. And, you know, I was watching this, uh, the last game with Philadelphia and Washington, and oh my Lord, I mean, Philadelphia only gets 11 shots in that last game. <laughs> they win 2-1, to one, Eddie. I'm sorry, excuse me. They win 2-0 in, the, in this game. And, I mean, that was just crazy. I mean, Washington was still played a decent game. But um, Philadelphia has made this at least a series now. I mean, it's 3-2. to two, And whoever wins this one's going to face Pittsburgh. Yeah, and this is, is almost a similar situation to the Ducks situation against Nashville is uh, Steve Mason starts the first three games. They lose all three, and then they put in Michael Neuwirth for the next two. Uh, they they win the first one, and then he has an amazing performance, like you said, in this last game. He stops 44 shots. The Flyers get 11. They score one goal on Holtby, and then they grab an empty netter. I, I mean, they're making a series of this one, and right now, actually, as we're recording this, the game is on right now, and it's 0-0 um, nearing the end of the first period. So if they end up winning this game and... Um, it, it's in Philadelphia too, so if they take this back to Game Seven in Washington, I, I mean, I picked them in one of my leagues to win in Game Seven because I thought maybe them making it into the playoffs they could do it, but I don't think a lot of people thought they'd even have a chance, especially when Washington went up three nothing. No, you know, I, I had Washington winning this series four to one, so you know that's gone to hell already, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good hockey, a lot of good action going on. You know, obviously, this time of year is probably, you know, my favorite time, your favorite time as well. April and May are, you know, the exciting months of the year. <clears throat> and then, obviously, the beginning of June when the uh, Stanley Cup final finishes as well. So, um, you know, looking at our bracket here, we have our uh, bracket challenge going on in the league. And it looks like, it, you know, everybody at, at uh, Ducks and Bucks is pretty much out of this. I, we were looking at the uh, the point totals and how everybody's doing. 
And um, I forget it. I'm looking at the list now. It looks like we have back, T-E-W back. Uh, he's leading our league right now with 39 points. I, I have 23. I, I, I forgot where you're at, Eddie, but we're kind of both down there. I, I think we're going to be kind of out of this one. But um, we have that, that uh, user that's winning right now. He's got Tampa Bay picked. And then we've got uh, just a ton of people uh, tied at 36 points uh, in second place in our bracket. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of people up there, Eddie, but it's definitely not going to be you and me. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I have 10 points after right now. So <laughs> I don't want to say that. <laughs> there's, there's no way I'm getting back into it. But, yeah, I mean, at least we have somebody actually in first place and there's no tie. So we've got one person in first um, still as a perfect bracket, but I'm I think we were looking at it before the podcast and uh, he has Washington in five games, so that one is isn't gonna happen and has Florida in six, so that can't happen as well and then has St. Louis in six and Minnesota in seven. So it won't be perfect, but I mean hey it does you don't have to be perfect to win the bracket so yeah, exactly and and like we said the uh, the winner. Uh, whoever it is is going to get a custom, uh, you know, jersey from Goalie Monkey, and I just went by there and got my new third jersey, which I, you know, I feel like my jersey selection in the in the playoffs has kind of been like the Ducks goalie situation, Eddie. You know, I, I wore the uh, Stadium Series one, the first two home games, and the Ducks didn't win. I get my third jersey with the hashtag put on it. I wear that one in Game Five. And the Ducks win, so I think I'm gonna, you know, go with the hot orange jersey <laughs> this time, just like the Ducks are going with Anderson uh, the rest of the way. But no, all kidding aside, you know, the Ducks are really um, they've turned it around uh, since Game Two. They've uh, played the way that they've had to play, and uh, <clears throat> I really expect them just to do more of the same, Eddie. I, I don't see the Ducks slowing down. I, I, I really think that they'll get by uh, Nashville. And we even uh, put out a tweet about that. We we put out the Ducks logo and and, and said uh, for you to retweet if you think the Ducks will win. And I, the last time I checked, it was like up to like almost 200 retweets or something like that. So you know everybody's very very confident now. Um, obviously, after the first two games, everybody was frustrated and, and, and irritated, and you know a lot of uh, upset fans. And and now the ship's been righted, Eddie, and uh, it looks good. I, I I really believe in the Ducks uh, finishing this series out. And, you know, don't want to look ahead, but uh, San Jose isn't going to be tough, but that's going to be a fun one, too, you know, if, if and when the Ducks get past uh, Nashville. Yeah, and, and I have full confidence in, in that they can go in tomorrow and, and they can pull this game out and, and win it in six. I think it's a it's a different team from what we've seen before. I mean, it's hard to look at all these, these past game sevens, and especially when you look at Boudreaux's record with game seven, to, and to blame it on the coach, I mean, it's, it's, it's the, obviously it's the thing you could, you could easily blame it on. There's multiple different teams, so who else is at fault? But I think this is a different team this year. They're, they're, uh, they're different makeup. They play a different style to Ducks teams that we've seen in the past, and I think you know, they'll be able to play a solid defensive game. They've showed that they can win at, at Bridgestone, and I think they'll go there uh, tomorrow and finish in six. I agree, and if that's the case, or if it does go to Game 7, <clears throat> we'll have a podcast after the series ends. Uh, whatever the result is, we'll, we'll have one uh, this week, maybe Wednesday, Thursday, uh, before the next series gets started, hopefully again, you know, not to be overconfident, but you know, if the Ducks uh, win the series. But either way, we'll still have a show, and if the Ducks uh, win, then we'll also preview the Ducks uh, against San Jose, if that's in fact what does happen. And we'll keep you guys all updated as well. Um, one quick update too, Eddie, before we end the show. I did want to mention um, there was an update on Brandon Perry, 
they said that he's been skating with uh, Clayton Stoner. They've been skating individually, and it looks like he suffered an upper body injury uh, in the game against Vancouver on April 1st. So that was the latest on that. Uh, I do know that Stoner also has an upper body injury, a, a minor one. I don't know the exact location, but that's the most I know on that one as well. And there's no timetable yet when they're both supposed to come back. But hey, Eddie, at least it's a good sign that you know they've been out there and they've been at least skating for you know the last week or so. Yeah, and it will be nice to get those guys back and add some depth and be able to match up against you know obviously different teams and. You know, bringing in uh, Stoner would be nice to have back. I mean, a lot of people have been criti- critical of Dupre, and and at, for, at sometimes for good reason as well. But to to have uh, a guy like Stoner back and, and be able to put him in the lineup, and, and obviously to get Manson back hopefully as well, and be able to put him in the lineup because he's a he's a key piece of this Ducks team, and being able to put Perry and and slot him in at different times to match up against uh, you know different lines and, and different opponents is going to be big for the Ducks for sure. Absolutely, and we'll keep you guys up to date. Uh, We'll have more shows as well uh, throughout this playoffs. And as always, let's go Ducks.